This podcast is sponsored by Project Dragonfly, a master's degree program offered by Miami University dedicated to ecological and social change. Project Dragonfly offers a part-time Master's of Arts in Biology degree focused on conservation or a Master's of Arts in Teaching for teachers. The program is designed for working professionals and can be completed from anywhere in the United States. Learn more at projectdragonfly.miamioh.edu. Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus news. I've categorized them into regeneration, politics, and drawdown. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. Okay, our first category of regeneration. Ooh, we've got got some really interesting stuff here. Um, This first one's coming out of fizz.org. More than 6,000 baby turtles are released in Peru. More than 6,000 hatchlings of three species of endangered turtles have been released into lakes and lagoons in Peru's Amazon basin to help them repopulate. To achieve that, wildlife officials collect turtle eggs and transfer them from natural beaches of the Amazon basin to artificial beaches where they are artificially incubated for 60 days until they hatch. Gustavo Montoya, head of the Cordillera Azul de Sarnano National Park, said that over 6,100 baby turtles of the Taricaya, Charapa, and Teparo species have been released in their waters of the Amazon basin. With the release of these species at risk, it will be possible to repopulate the lagoons and rivers of the Amazon, said Montoya. I love that. I absolutely love that kind of rewilding. That's so great. All right, second story here. This is from, uh, you know, one of our favorites, uh, mangabay.com. Mangrove forest loss is slowing toward a halt, a new report shows. All right, I'm actually going to spend a little bit of time exploring this because this is very interesting. Um, And it's a little complicated, too. Okay. In 2021, the Global Mangrove Alliance, a consortium of NGOs, published The State of the World's Mangroves, the first snapshot study compiled from satellite imagery intended to provide an up-to-date record of global mangrove forest cover. The second installment of the report, published in September, draws on improved and updated maps. The report shows a decline in the overall rate of mangrove loss and outlines concrete actions to halt the loss for good and help mangroves begin regaining ground. Since the start of the century, annual global carbon emissions have increased by 50%. As the climate continues to change, mangroves are our quote-unquote ecosystems of hope, the report states. The amount of carbon stored in mangrove forests worldwide is equivalent to 22.86 metric gigatons of CO2, That's about half of the carbon emitted globally each year through burning fossil fuels. I had no idea that was true. The new report establishes three goals to achieve by the year 2030. Number one, avoid the loss of 168 square kilometers of mangroves, uh, which is only 65 square miles. Restore half of the losses recorded since 1996 and double the protection from 40% of mangroves globally to 80%, which means adding another 61,000 square kilometers 
of protected mangrove cover. Global Mangrove Watch, GMA's mapping initiative, reports that the planet's mangrove cover has decreased by uh, 11,700 square kilometers since 1996. But accounting for gains, it estimates the net loss as 5,245 kilometers squared, or 3.4%. The greatest losses occurred in Southeast Asia, where 4.8% of mangroves disappeared, and North and Central America and the Caribbean, which lost 4.7%. Human actions have driven this loss. 62% of the total results from the land, land use changes, particularly from aquaculture and agriculture, according to a 2020 study. Echoing last year's report, however, GMA maintains that global mangrove loss is actually slowing from a yearly average of 0.21% between 1996 and 2010 to 0.04%, which is a pretty significant decrease, between 2010 and 2020. An interesting observation from the mangrove change mapping work is that the rate of decline has dropped right off. Mark Spaulding, an editor of this year's report and a marine scientist at the NGO the Nature Conservancy tells Manga Bay. Well, thank you for listening to that whole summary of this. I think it's a super interesting report and um, some really incredible news for mangroves. Okay, we're going to move on to the second category of politics. I'm just so happy with these stories here. Uh, this first one is coming out of usnews.com. Lula cheered for new climate policies after Brazil election. Environmentalists, world leaders, and sustainable investors cheered the victory of Brazilian president-elect Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who has promised to protect the Amazon rainforest and restore Brazil's leadership on climate change. In his victory speech, Lula pledged to clamp down on illegal logging, mining, and land grabbing that have driven surging deforestation of the Amazon over the past four years under President uh, Bolsonaro, who lost the election. Brazil is ready to retake its leadership in the fight against the climate crisis, Lula told a crowd of supporters in Sao Paulo. Brazil and the planet need a living Amazon. Destruction of the Brazilian rainforest hit a 15-year high under Bolsonaro, who rolled back environmental protections and pushed for more mining and commercial farming in the region. Lula has vowed a sweeping overhaul of environmental policy on par with the proposed Green New Deal in the United States. Next one is coming out of the Washington Examiner. This is uh, for New York. New York voters approve a $4.2 billion environmental bond act. New York voters approved a $4.2 billion environmental bond meant to provide funding for mitigating climate change and for improving resilience to extreme weather events. The ballot measure, called the Clean Water, Clean Air, and Green Jobs Environmental Bond, had been widely expected to pass. It has been approved by over 59% of voters, according to data from the New York State Board of Elections. It is the largest borrowing referendum on ballots in this year's midterm elections, and the act is designed to strengthen the resilience from disasters caused by climate change and will fund green building projects, invest in land conservation, and help areas recover from extreme weather events. The Bond Act includes $1.5 billion in funds for climate change mitigation, $1.1 billion to fund restoration projects and help reduce flood risk, and $650 million for water quality improvement and uh, infrastructure. The bond also includes a pledge to use 35% of the funds to aid disadvantaged communities or those disproportionately affected by climate change. 
Last category of drawdown, two incredible stories. The first one coming from um, the Gulf of Mexico. This is out of NOLA.com. The federal government has selected the first two areas for offshore wind development in the Gulf of Mexico, clearing the way for a process that could have windmills spinning over the waves near Louisiana by the decade's end. The U.S. Bureau of Ocean Energy Management finalized the boundaries for the two zones, a 174,000-acre area south of Lake Charles and a 508,000-acre near Galveston, uh, Galveston, Texas. The two areas have the potential to generate enough power for almost 3 million homes, according to the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management. That's enough electricity for the combined populations of Houston, New Orleans, and Baton Rouge. God, I love that. Last story for this episode is out of abcnews.go.com. The European Union approves a ban on new combustion engine cars from 2035. I love this. European Union lawmakers and member countries have reached a deal to ban the sale of new gasoline and diesel cars and vans by 2035. The deal EU negoti negotiators sealed is the first agreement of the blocks fit for 55 package. That's new to me too. Which the bloc's executive commission set up to achieve the goal of cutting greenhouse gas emissions by 55% over this current decade. Under the deal, car makers will be required to reduce the emissions of new cars sold by 55% in 2030 compared to 2021 before reaching a 100% cut five years later. The European Parliament and member states must formally approve the agreement before it comes into force, though. The European Parliament said the deal is a, si a signal ahead of the UN's annual climate change conference that the EU is serious about adopting concrete laws to reach the more ambitious targets set out in the EU climate law. According to the EU data, Transportation is the only sector in which greenhouse gas emissions have increased in the past three decades, rising 33.5% between 1990 and 2019. Passenger cars are a major polluter, accounting for 61% of total CO2 emissions from the road transport. I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and uh, I really do look forward to sharing more in the future. Thank you.